and we're back. <laughs> and we're back. We are back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Uh. Thank you, right. one person, for clapping. Greatly appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got cords all over the place, and I don't <sighs> like it. I need to get a better setup. I need to get a better you setup. Said, I don't you like said this. cords, not corns, correct? I've got yes. corn. I've got corns all over the place. Oh, Blech. it feels like corn. <laughs> Uh, good news. We've got good news here from Colorado. Um, I don't know if you're paying okay. attention, but Grizzly Creek is at 71% containment. Nice. It's been raining all day in Georgetown and Pine Gulch is at 80% containment. So Pine Gulch is the big, big one, right? Pine Gulch. Yeah, it broke. It broke. Uh, it finally hit Colorado's biggest ever. Um, maybe last night. But yeah, it was at 55% like Wednesday and 65% yesterday. And now it's at 80% despite continuing to grow. So, so are we still thinking that there's going to be a no fire sit? I think, I mean, yeah, I just, I, I can't fathom that they're going to reenact, take the fire ban away once they get the entire state from burning under control. But I don't know there. I mean, They've got a, they've got some rain, so maybe that'll be enough to get them to lift it. I'm I'm not yeah. I'm not optimistic though. All right. Well, it'll be fine one way or the other. That's nice that that, that we won't have to potentially not have to the 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 smoke won't be the concern, which is good. That'll be huge. Yeah. yeah. That'll be huge. I mean, yeah. you you were up in Portland, like your throat just from breathing that shit in the whole time. I mean, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. I can't remember. I think the one in Portland, I was there. The big, big one was the, I think it was called Eagle Creek fire or something like that. And it was one that just roasted everything down the fricking, uh, um, what the hell is the name of the frick? Oh, the gorge, you know, Columbia river gorge. It just torched all those fricking, so many beautiful hiking trails and stuff out there got shut down because of that. And, but yeah, like there was like a week and a half where every single day you'd wake up and there'd just be this brown haze sitting over everything. And yeah, you could be outside for too long and yeah, it's just, it's not fun. It's no bueno. No bueno. It's no bueno. So that's awesome, man. I'm looking forward to this trip. Dude, three more days. I know. I got I got to I started putting all of my stuff kind of out, laying it out. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to, uh, start really bringing it all together tomorrow. All of your, well, I don't know about all of your stuff, but, uh, we've got three packages here. Yeah. You can open them all. It's all just stuff that we need to make sure we don't forget. Okay. I ordered some extra coffee and crap and some, I'm not going to tamper with your mail. I mean, that's federal offense. So (laughs) you're right. I will probably (laughs) file suit. Should you touch my fucking packages? Uh, Uh, it was, it was funny today. We have a, we have a product review meeting on, uh, every Friday from three to four. And I think I've, I told you that, uh, I, I don't, I don't divulge 
Tread things. lightly with the criticisms here. Huh? <laughs> I said tread, tread lightly with the criticisms here. <laughs> no, I, I think I told you that I, I don't divulge my plans when they involve uh, hunts and things like that too. Right. Because I, I just, I don't like dealing with know, right? Well, yeah, and I don't like, I can, I can feel the daggers from certain people. I don't know about this crew because I've never really divulged it, so I don't know, but uh, I, at the end of the call, I was like, just a reminder, I'm out next week, so I will be taking a call on Monday, so if there's anything you guys need, make sure to make it known during that call on Monday, but then I'm gone, and I, I won't even be out of pocket, and Guy, <laughs> our VP of engineering, goes, what are you, what are you going to be doing? Are you going to be out <laughs> hunting? And I just like... <laughs> Hail, just <laughs> a wash, a wash <laughs> with fear. <laughs> what would you give you that idea? As you're saying, as you're, as you're on the Zoom call with fucking face paint and a fucking camo hat. Already ready to go. Yeah, I was like, I was like, uh, I, yeah, actually, yes, I, I'm going hunting. And then I quickly backpedaled and was like, but I, you know, I'm not doing the hunting. It's my brother-in-law, and he likes to kill things. I don't like to kill things. I don't fucking kill stuff. <laughs> you fucking fancy ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> just rolling over. Oh. oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, well, I, I could, I, yeah, I don't even know. You know, I don't know what it is though. I think there's, and I don't know where this perception really comes from, but I, I feel that bow hunting is more respected from like an actual, like true sport as opposed to anything with a rifle. Cause I feel like there it's, it's one, I mean, again, I've never freaking I've never even fired a bow at an animal in my entire life, but I would assume based on what I do know, and I have been hunting before numerous times in the past with a rifle or a shotgun is that the challenge that you face bow hunting is far greater and substantial than anything with a rifle, which I'm sure I will learn in the coming week. But I, I, does, is it, is it that way? Am I, is that just a perception that I have or is it really, is that kind of how it's felt in that community? Um, good question. I do. I don't know if I have the answer. I think I, I share that. I share that same sentiment personally. Like I, I, yeah. I went on both last year for my elk mm -hmm. and I, I respected myself far more running around carrying a bow than I mm -hmm. did carrying a rifle. Right. Just because, I mean, it's, it's substantially harder, substantially like finding the animals is hard. Like that's mm -hmm. part of it. But then with the bow, you have to figure out how to, if you are an ethical hunter, right? Mm -hmm. If, if you're not, you can go out there and fling arrows if you want to from 115 yards away. Like there are mm -hmm. people that take those shots. Um, not in my can of worms because mm -hmm. Part of the reason you hunt is because it's a small reason, but it, part of it is you, you want a, uh, an arrow to the lungs or an arrow to the heart will kill that animal in seconds, right? Mm -hmm. Much better than slow dying death from, you know, all of the problems that they potentially run into, whether it's mountain lion jumping on their back and chewing their neck apart and them just laying there and dying over the course of six hours. Uh, when they get to old age and they don't die by mountain lion, they die a much slower death by losing their teeth or their teeth getting to a point where they can't chew 
twigs and, and, and whatnot. So they just, they can't eat anymore. And so they just starve to death over, over a year. There's a ton of things, you know? Mm-hmm. So like that's, that's a piece of it. And the further your way you are with an arrow, you know, 115 yards out, hundred yards out, like 40, 50 yards is about where you can be pretty confident about that thing, knocking an elk down. And if you hit it right and, and it, and it being done quick, what's the yardage 40 to 50. Holy crap. You got to be basically on the guy. Like, are you trying to ride the animal? Before Correct. You shoot it? That's why it's, I mean, that's what makes it so incredible and so yeah. hard. I mean, you have to legitimately figure out how to get a hundred feet away from this thing. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking yeah. like, like we're going deer, right? When, when you're talking elk, you're talking five, six, 700 pound animal. Mm-hmm. And then if it's yeah. in the middle of a rut and you hear him bugle at you and it's 40 yards away, I mean, damn, it damn near knocks you on your ass. It's so loud. Wow. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's wild. It's wild. I bet. So do, do mule deer make noise? They make, they make like little chirping, weird, weird kind of deer noises. Okay. Like I don't know if you've heard whitetail back in Nebraska, but, but not, not that I know of. Not like, not like elk. No, like cow, cow elk have these little bark things and that's their like super, super alert, freaked out noise. Mm -hmm. They kind of sound, I mean, they sound like little yippity dogs. It's like, really? And, and if they do that, you'll never see that herd again because that's basically alerting the herd that something serious is here. But then you got the, we got to go the bull elk bugle, which is just that, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking for a fucking, another outtake to pound town for sure, dude. <laughs> and then dude, man, I hope we can, I hope it probably won't be into the rut, but if we can nab that mule deer and then go out on the elk, the elk hunt, uh, if you enjoy this, you'll have to come back from elk hunt because those are, those are something well, else stuff but now glunking. Are you familiar with that term? No, it sounds like some disgusting sexual trend that I'm probably into. Correct. That's ex- <laughs> I wish Correct. basically once I tell you this, you are going to say, oh, God, how come I can't glunk? <laughs> or why give me I a not- minute. I will figure out how to make this a human <laughs> give thing. Me, hold on. Give me two seconds. I am going to figure out how to glunk real quick. I'm going to turn my camera off. <laughs> uh, glunking. So we are, we're running around Wyoming, me and my brother-in-law last year. And all of a sudden there's this noise that's like, it sounds like somebody is beating a, uh, like a bass drum mallet, you know, with the like kind of mm-hmm. foamy thing mm-hmm. on like a, like a 50, like a 50 gallon drum, just like this. I mean, it's so, and it's so loud. And I looked at Eric and I was like, dude, what, what the hell was that? And he goes, he starts laughing. He goes, he's glunking. And I said, what is glunking? <laughs> And these bull elk, so they're, the harem is their herd, right? That's mm-hmm. the, the group of their cow, their cow elk. And when they sense any sort of danger or when they're like trying to round them back up to basically push them on to leave wherever they are for whatever reason, they throw their junk out of their little sack. They're, I mean, kind of like the red rocket, right? With mm-hmm. a dog and slap it against the underside of their belly. 
It's just like, <laughs> boom, dude, boom, I can boom, do that. I do that when I get out of the shower. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is incredible. I'm just, I'm just happy I have a name for it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get years. a shower tomorrow morning before I go to the gym. I'm going to glunk and record the sound and send it to you. <laughs> I've been doing that. I've been glunking for years. Why didn't you tell me there was a day I for glunked it? at an early age. <laughs> My dad showed me how to glunk. <laughs> uh, no, oh, it's, it's wow. crazy. Though. It's, it's that loud. Huh? It's so loud. It's that's, so loud. That's interesting. I, mean, we were, I like it. We were 250, 300 yards away. And yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's, it, it sounds like it's in your backyard. Dude, imagine in a different world where you were at the store and you were like, shit, where's my wife? We got to get the fuck out of here. You just pull your dick out and start slapping. <laughs> and your wife's like, she comes oh, shit, running around the go. corner. I had to get a gallon of milk. I'm here. All right, is it time to go? <laughs> what do you want? Let's go. Jesus. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish I could do it so bad. Dude, I meant to tell you this and then it's, I'm, I'm going to spoil something that was originally supposed to be like a comedic surprise. It's just not going to work out because like one completely forgot about it after we chatted about it. Like and now when, I don't have you enough mean time. Comedic surprise like when you got here on Monday or what? Yeah, well, actually, it was when we got out there. Oh, it was perfect. I was going to get. <laughs> so the whole plan was on the morning of the very first morning where we go out and like start like whatever the first step is where we have to like gear up and go. I was going to come out of my tent, like dressed ready to go. And you were going to have all your stuff. <laughs> and then I was going to have like a toy bow and arrow strapped across my <laughs> chest <laughs> to be like, dude, let's go get this deer. <laughs> it was like a Nerf bow and arrow. <laughs> and then I was going to carry it around with us for a while, just for pictures. <laughs> like, dude, this, this hunt is legit. It's like me with a plastic uh, bow. We're it sitting here, we're sitting here at 14,000 feet. <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, uh, what happened? So did you not, were you so not far, able to, no luck. Were you not <laughs> able to get the bow or what? I was going to, well, you know, the, the, the idea came, I was actually on a FaceTime call with my mom and sister and we started joking around about how fucking hilarious that would be. And then my mom was, I think at the time was heading back to, to, um, Carney and was going to take, uh, her nephews or grandchildren rather shopping for something. And I was like, well, if you see one, grab it. And then she didn't. And I was going to get one on Amazon that I forgot. And then it was just like one more thing to carry around. But I thought it would have been hilarious. <laughs> well, we got to We got to go to sports when you get here to get a couple of things. So I bet they've got some sort of, <laughs> we I mean, find one. We, we can got it. For, I mean, just for pictures, every, every serious picture we take, it's just like you setting up with a fake bow and Oh, okay. Well, okay. I hated to spoil um, that surprise, but it would have been funny. Yeah, that would have been hilarious. Almost as funny as the stories I'm going to tell you when we're out there. <laughs> <laughs> if they're more about freaking getting mauled by freaking wild animals, <laughs> please don't. They're not. They're not. Okay, good. Um, unrelated. Okay, we were talking uh, at dinner and... <laughs> we were trying to figure out when the last time was that we saw you and brought up the fact that you were there for our son's birth. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I think that's gotta be the last time. 
And my wife goes, no, no. There was the time that we were sitting at that restaurant eating. Remember, we've got pictures of it. And Mike was throwing our son up into the air and he kind of got, he kind of got scared a little bit. And I went, Oh, you're right. You're, you're exactly right. Like there was this, we were sitting on the side of this restaurant. Uh, it was, it's a Belgian restaurant. I forgot the name of it, but it was right down the hill from our house there on Buchanan. And you were throwing him up into the air and you threw him like two or three times, not like crazy, but I don't think you were picking up on his cues. And all of a sudden, like the third time he like got pretty scared. He's still that way today. I picked him up from, and I said, how was your, how was uh, the second day of school? I threw him up and he freaked out. I was like, don't do that. All right. I apologize. I'm sorry. We'll get there. You know? Um, But yeah, I've got, I've got a picture of it. I'd have to, I'd have to look at what it was. He was probably, he was probably a, well, he would have had to have been under a year because we left when he was, we left at his first birthday. So Dude, are you sure that was me? I am 98% positive. Cause I'm 98% positive. It's not me. I don't think I only, and again, where it was like, were you moving to Portland or something like that? Or were interviewing out there with a company? Well, no, because when I came to see you, I, that was when I decided that it was time to leave Atlanta. Yeah. And so I don't think, I don't think I ever made it back. And the only reason I'm saying this, one, I don't think I ever made it back to San Francisco only because I don't ever remember staying at your house outside of that one time. Because remember that week I was supposed to come and stay for, I don't know, it was like five days or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then it was the first night you and I went out. And then it was either that next day or the third day I was there that everything started to happen. And then, you know, you were at the hospital for most times. So I remember there was like a night or two where I just kind of just did my own thing. And I'm like, I don't know this city. So I just kind of friggin', you know, meandered. Yep. And I don't ever remember coming back. Jamie, Google Again? that for me. <laughs> I mean, there is a large possibility that I am wrong. And if I am, I'm more terrified about my early onset Alzheimer's at that point, but because I'm pretty sure I have it. I'm nearly positive you were wrong, and I've got to now find out why that would have been and what you would have been doing. I'm going to have to figure out. So we were in the marina. Hmm. I mean, if this is going to be like an eye-opening realization if this is true almost uh, like i am suffering from amnesia oh god there's my old motorcycle um why yeah why would i don't remember why you would have been there god he looks so much like his sister <laughs> yeah man i don't okay there were dads but like i said could be wrong I mean, you're probably not, but I'm probably wrong. I just don't know who else it would have been. I'm, I'm almost positive. In what positive month and year did you leave SF? We left October 15th, 2016. <gasps> you, you might be right. Dude, I came back to San Francisco to run in that Spartan race at the Giants stadium. 
Yep. I, yeah, it was one of the spot, one of the stadium series Spartan races where I came back and that was after I had been living in, you are absolutely right. I had been living in, in Portland, in Portland for just a little while. I hadn't been there that long. And I came to San Francisco for that race. I heard it. So I came out. I I was in the kitchen washing a dish. (laughs) I heard it and came out. What month was that? Do you have any idea? It would have been probably April, but I can tell you here. Just give me one second because I have all these pictures saved. Photos. Oh, my God. And so. Oh, yep. that Dude, shirt? Yep. The that AT&T shirt. Stadium Sprint would have been in May of 2016. May of 2016. And yep. so that May was. May 18th is when that was race that? was. It was an. Uh, it was a Spartan stadium sprint, like a, it was a Spartan race inside AT&T stadium. Oh, I'll have to, it's going to be, it's got to be in like my, Holy shit. Dude, my you're right. Facebook or something like that. But, I but I was thinking about that too. I don't think you stayed with us. So where would you have stayed hotel or something like I that? I remember staying in a hotel. I think I stayed in a hotel the first, the night I got in because I stayed at a hotel close. Holy crap. I feel like I am now reliving an event that I have completely blacked out of. (laughs) (laughs) I'm probably, I'm pretty sure I've been date raped before and I just don't remember, but I'm, I stayed, I remember I flew in and got a hotel close to the stadium because in the morning, cause that race started super early. It was like a 7:30 start. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to, and then I just now have a memory of me walking back to the hotel from a race on the phone with you being like, what's the plan? Okay. Dude, I got to go look at my photos now and see if, if all of this is real. I I can't find, I can't find the picture. It would have been that, that I know of where you are throwing him up into the air. Here's May 13. Yeah, dude. I, in April, I, I did. This oh. is, this is where we were oh, sitting. I'm, I mean, this is now well, that's May 15. Maybe it's not. Hmm. Oh, dude. I got pictures. I got picture proof, picture proof. There's Beth and, and oh shit. Second There's, time. Yep. Dude, I have pictures. I got pictures to prove it. Um, I happened to save, speaking of, of pictures to prove it, I happened to save something on May 19th, 2016 at 629 a.m., a poll from the Washington Post. Question, the professional football team in Washington calls itself the Washington Redskins. As a Native American, do you find that name offensive or does it bother you? <laughs> Source well, 504 Native American adults, 90% said does not bother. Right. And here we are today. And here we are changing it. Whoa. Did I just text you a pic? Just fully woke. I'm so woke. <laughs> how do I get a. more woke? Is that possible? I know it's possible. I just need to know how. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the, I, I have that picture. So you have that picture too. Okay. Yep. I was literally just looking at that picture. Yep. Wow. 
I completely forgot about that. Wow. Well, there we go. There you have it. So that's what it would have been. Huh. All right. Well, we've got that yeah. answered. We're solving the world's problems tonight. And we are solving all of the problems. No one else cares about our problems, but we are solving them. Well, that's where you start, right? Yeah. You solve things right. that matter to you. Well, let's see. Let's talk about what's going on. Let's talk. Well, we just, we just, as of yesterday, the RNC wrapped. Okay. Um, Let's see. We had a week of more protests mm, due mm-hmm. to the situation in Wisconsin. Kenosha. Kenosha. Um, we had the NBA strike. God, I hope that goes on forever. Well, no, they're back now. Apparently they're all back. Because they realized they weren't going to get paid. Yeah. I don't know how it all works. I know that it's... That's how it works. Disney forked over a boatload of money to make that all happen. But, you know... To make what happen. Let's dig in. You know, have you heard... um, LeBron James say that he doesn't feel safe? (laughs) No. No. uh, I did hear that. (laughs) <laughs> you did hear that really? Yeah. I don't know if that, that can't be true, right? He can't. That is a direct quote. I do not feel, I'm not playing. I do not feel safe. Right. Did you hear Chris, Chris Weber, his, his, um, shoot like fucking soapbox thing he did? No. You need to listen to it. It's, it's in my personal opinion, again, regardless of where you stand on these issues, I feel like he did a really good job explaining the bigger idea to a degree in, in so much that he admitted, and I say that, you know what, that sounds horrible. He didn't admit anything. He basically spoke from the heart saying, we've got to keep doing what we are doing because this is the only way that we can keep this conversation in the forefront of like topic and discussion, because if we stop now, nothing's going to change. And even if we continue, we know that tomorrow is not going to be any different than today that we don't, we don't expect to wake up and see change tomorrow, but no different than what, you know, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and, and, and John Lewis and all of the the guys came, that came before what, what's happening today is they did it, not expecting to see immediate change. But what they did is, pushed or rather forced a conversation at that time and then gave younger generations more of a baton to take and move forward. And I say that because, you know, when you talk about like the, the march across like the, the bridge in Selma and all of these things, like how, how many years ago that was, you know, we're talking 60 plus years ago or 60 years ago ish. And, and we are still having conversations. We still, whether, or I, again, I don't want to put you in a position, you Jeff in a position where you have to like take a stance against me on anything. And I'm not going to make any assumption that I know what you, how you feel or where you're at on this issue. 
But where I stand is that I really don't even get to have an opinion because it's not me having to experience the things that I keep hearing about. I mean, I have been arrested. I have been to jail and I was treated like shit in my personal opinion. I mean, especially in Atlanta, when I went to jail, that was the worst 14 hours of my life. So, and I say that from, as a privileged white kid who has uh, next to zero freaking you know, uh, criminal background outside of a few small, stupid, you know, drink, drink, drunk driving incidents. I just, I hear some of the stuff that these people, the, the experiences they have. And I realize that's all subjective, but I can't begin to empathize with them because I don't have those experiences. I don't ever feel, you know what I think of, you know, I, not too long ago, I got pulled over for making an improper turn. And my first thought once I got pulled over instant was not, I am in fear of what I need to be doing. So I don't, this situation doesn't escalate and I end up being yanked out of a car, you know, brutalized, potentially shot, whatever. My first thought was, I'm going to tell this motherfucking cop to go suck a fucking dick. That's my first thought. Did you do that? Like, well, I didn't. I actually made a huge joke and I got him to laugh. But, but the thing is, is I, my, I, I approached or my immediate reaction generally in those situations is anger. And it's probably misdirected anger because I realized that I did something wrong and I'm mad at myself. But then the person having to execute the punishment is somebody else that doesn't know me. And it's like, well, fuck you, man. Again, privileged white kid in a, if I assume based on what I'm seeing and hearing from some of these, and I'm not saying that every, every single issue that we hear about or every single example of this is, isn't faultless on, on the other side. I realize that in a lot of these instances, you know, we like to see, you see some of these things that happen and you sit there and wonder, well, why did you even, why didn't you just stand still and do nothing? Just stand exactly where you are, do your best to be respectful or whatever. And a lot of times you don't see that. <clears throat> but then again, I couldn't imagine being in that situation, being terrified for my life and how I would react. I don't know because I've never been there. So it's hard when you see this. And so back to the bigger, my bigger point here is, <clears throat> you know, I was impressed with the way Chris Weber explained the situation and kind of the advice he gave to the, some of the, these younger generations. And I mean, from the heart kind of spoke to this issue. And I feel like the big point and takeaway that I'm, I'm really getting from all of this is while I don't necessarily understand how these marches for equality and all of the things that we are constitutionally allowed to do, peaceful protests, we're allowed to do that. I don't understand the, what makes those turn violent. I don't, I don't know if there is some QAnon or some weird like anti-fascist group behind, you know, really kind of yanking on the right threads to make things go that way. Or, you know, even in, in this first thing after the George Floyd situation, you know, 
a lot of the videos you see are white kids in there rioting and looting and all of that. It's, it's, which just blows my mind. So I don't know. I don't understand the point of taking it to a riot because I feel like that is counterproductive to the message as a whole. But then again, if I was in that situation, I assume that after, you know, all the way back to, you know, Jim Crow laws to now you're looking at a hundred years ish and you're still seeing while some of those things have been not overturned, but somewhat corrected to a degree. And I say that because I don't know to what degree they've been corrected or if they've just been repackaged and put in place elsewhere. I don't know. But if I, if, if a, if the color of my skin essentially put me in a situation where I was treated a certain way, regardless of who I was as a human being. And that has been that way for all along. I guess rioting is the next step is all right. What else can we possibly do to be heard? And again, you think about, you know, what, what the reason we left Britain, I mean, that's, you know, we always talk about it, like, you know, with the fricking um, whole tea party event where we dumped all the fricking tea in Boston Harbor or whatever, that was more of a fuck you to Britain, right? Because, you know, we want to more or less govern ourselves. That is us rioting against Britain. So Mm -hmm. we did the same thing to become free. It was Mm -hmm. just a version of a riot way back then, right? Yeah. So I guess, I don't know. I say all of that because I keep seeing this stuff and, and I don't know what, what happens next. I don't know where we go from here. I don't know what else to do. I mean, I, I understand the challenge that it must like the, the challenges these police officers face. And, and I, I don't understand what it's like to do that job, but I know damn well that I guess I would be, I would be freaked out on the, the current situation. And, and when you get put in a situation like that, no one knows how they'll react unless you're trained special forces, military, et cetera, where you've been put in that situation and had to train yourself out of it. I don't think any human being on this planet can actually sit here and say, I would do this. You don't know. Right. And so, but here we are. You don't know what you would do in the cops shoes. Exactly. But, but I also don't know what I would do. You know what you would do in your shoes when you got pulled over, just like you did the other day. You you just said you did. You you were angered when you got pulled over and you told me that the first thought that entered your mind and probably the second and third was, I am going to tell this cop to suck a dick. But when the cop approached you, what did you do? I made a joke. You absolutely did not tell him that you complied and you ended up doing as the cops said, right? right? That's no different. Okay. So it's it's a little bit different because it's a game warden and they're not a cop. They probably haven't dealt with quite as much that day as a normal cop, but they're carrying guns. Who who is this now? A game warden. I'm going to explain an experience that I had last weekend when I came into contact with a game warden. I apparently had parked the truck in an area I wasn't supposed to park. And we went off on our hike, me and the fam, and we got about 
20 yards off onto the trail and I hear from behind, hey, get your ass back here. And I turn around, I'm going, what the hell is going on? And it's this game warden trotting after me with his little female counterpart. And first thing that enters my mind, the reason I say female counterpart is not not to be degrading toward her, but he's the way he's acting toward me. My thought is he is trying to show her how big and strong and tough he is, right? He's puffing his chest out. Well, I come up and he says, did you not see my sign right there? And I said, I sure did see your sign. He said, why did you park there? I said, well, because I thought based on that fire ring right there, and I'm saying all of this as cordially and nicely as I can based on that fire ring right there, that this was a camping spot. And therefore I could park. I was one. I almost hit the sign with my car door, my truck door. (laughs) I wanted to look at him and be like, if I wouldn't have seen your sign, don't you think I would have driven a few more feet toward the trailhead, buddy? Right. Like, can you shut your mouth for a second? (laughs) But no. I, I sat there calmly. I respected him. I spoke to him eloquently and cordially and did not demean or belittle him because he's got a gun on his hip and I don't need to figure out what that gun can do. I have, I have zero need in my life to figure out what that gun can do to my face or my leg or my chest or anything else. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to know. And so, so hold on. And so I acquiesce, I comply, I abide wrong or right. Mm -hmm. I could have thought that I was so in the right, which I think I was because I barely parked past this thing. I, I did not. I was, I was, I was by no means disrespectful or, or blatantly just refusing to obey the law. I could have fought that, but I was taught and learned that you don't mess with cops because there's a good chance they had a bad day and you're going to get shot in the back seven times, Mm -hmm. plain and simple, right? So you obey. And then if you get unlawfully arrested, if you go through any sort of harassment, if you go, you take it up later on. You go mm-hmm. get a lawyer. You sue the shit out of the uh, out of the police department. Whatever, whatever the case may be, right? So that's what you and I do when we get arrested. That's what most people do when they get arrested. Three hundred fifty million police interactions in a year. Mm-hmm. There's something like fifteen hundred deaths. That is hold Fair. on. Hold on. That is such a small, small, small number. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, that is almost going back to the, 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 how long has the earth thing been here when we figured out right. it was like a hundredth of a percent billion or something. That's, that's what this number is like. 1500 into 350 million is very, 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 very small. Okay. Right. So, um, I, I want to go back to the very first part. One of the first things you said, you said that because you aren't black and you haven't had to deal with that, you don't get to have an opinion on it. Yeah. Why? Well, because how unpack that for me. I want to understand more about why you don't get to have an opinion. Okay. Well, so, so to use some of what you said, uh, you're right. I, I think 
there's something to be said about the fact that when you're in a situ- when you, you are in a situation where law enforcement's involved, I think rather I argue almost that every person, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to roll that back. I know the way I was raised was that is a person of authority that you must respect regardless if they're, they have earned and or deserve any respect from me whatsoever. That's sure. That is outside of the freaking equation and you just do it. It's not even necessarily them that earns or, or, or requires the respect demands the respect. It's the thing on their hip. The it's two the, see, the thing is, I never ever once think a cop's going to draw down on me. So that's not even the list. It's the fact of the matter is like, hey, you know what? Your job is to protect and serve me. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I am having to deal with you, it's either one, because I need your help or two, I have done something wrong yep. and broken a law that has been put in place to keep me safe. Correct. And, and just to be clear. I am not sitting here saying that I think a cop is going to draw down on me by any means. I've never had that feeling. Right. I am saying that I am intelligent enough to know that should he ever want to, I am toast. (laughs) I'm going to lose. And therefore that is a very good reason in and of itself to not be an asshole. Right. But the one thing that you and I don't, the experience you and I don't have is being pulled over as a black or brown person. Correct. We don't know what that's like because we're not that. Correct. And so. However, go ahead. No, go ahead. Let me interject here. While I don't understand that. Again, going back to the 350 million statistic, right? And I think it's Mm -hmm. actually 375 million, but I don't want to split hairs. We can Google it while you're. Do you know the number of black people that are pulled over? I I don't know. Um, I want to say they account for black people account for about 60% of violent crimes in America. I believe if memory serves the number of people getting pulled over by police officers and going through what you are describing here is low, right? Well, it's not that many. Like I, I, I think in, I think in 1965, that might be the case. I think in 1975, maybe you could argue that that's still there, but I think by and large statistics, there, there are a number, the only statistic I've ever seen that points to any bit of racial inequality when it comes to police injustices is I believe black people have a it's something like 15 or 20 percent higher chance of getting into a physical altercation with a police officer. Okay, something to that effect. It's it's not it's not that high. It's not that much higher. Like the number I mean. The number of white people killed by police officers in a year is higher than the number of black people. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people will sit there and say, oh, but that's because there are more white people. 
in America. But when you go back to the statistic of 60 to 70% of violent crimes being committed by black people, that means there's that many more run-ins of black people with cops than white people with cops. Yet more white people are being killed. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like those are statistics. Those are statistics available to anyone. If you do a little, a, a little Googling and searching, Okay. but I, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole right now. I want to go back to the question of, I, I totally hear what you're saying with regard. I do not have any idea what it's like to be pulled over as a black man. I'm sure it is harder than mm-hmm. being pulled over as a white man. If mm-hmm. for no other reason than you do have that historical thought in your head and history is a bitch, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I get stuck in it all the time for things as simple as work. And I get insecure when it comes to presentation mode, when I present to this group of people, because this group of people laughed me out of a room or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. the case, right? Like there is, I mean, you are trained by your experiences and, or by other people, peers experiences. So I, so I get there could be a psychological predisposition to think that you are going to go into that situation. It is going to be worse than you or I would experience. Right. I, I don't believe that is the case though. And quite frankly, I'm sure if you were to talk to a lot of the majority of police officers, I would say that is not the case. Um, in fact, I would say it's probably opposite because of all of the optics tied to it. I'm sure since, 2014, 2015, when the, when when the 2013, when when the first, you know, episode of black lives matter blew up, like I'm sure since in the last seven years, any police officer pulling over a black person is probably like, they're they're probably feeling the opposite of the black person. They're probably going, okay, how do I tiptoe around this thing to the point that I don't get even remotely close to chastised for this? So I think what you're saying is, is the, the cops who are to their core, good people feel what you feel the way you just explained, which but is the majority of them. I, yes. I, I don't disagree with that. My, my problem is, and, and you kind of said it, but there is this historic lens that we need to, we need to look at. And, and I've said this to a lot of people in, in these conversations, but you go look at a one-year-old, you go put a, your one-year-old or two-year-old in daycare with a black, like a little white boy, a little black boy or whatever. Those two have never been exposed to the idea that that is a different, that person is different from me because they look different than me. They don't know. Mm -hmm. They love each other. They have fun with each other all the same. They don't care. Yeah. But then at some point that, you know, untainted one or two year old gets a little older and whether it's through like teachings in history class, whether it's through, you know, some, fucked up uncle who might have some vendetta against the, uh, like the black race for whatever fucked up reason. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you expose them to this. All you've got to do is plant this fucked up seed. Correct. It says, Hey, 
they're different from us because this is the history of it. And, and, and again, more than likely, even in, if in historically speaking, it would never be taught that way. It was like, this is the plight of the African-American and the horrendous shit that we have drugged them through. Mm-hmm. And automatically you now look, regardless of how you feel, regardless of your own opinions, you realize there is a difference there. Good, bad, or other, that's not established at that point, I would assume, but it's a difference. Mm -hmm. And then every interaction you have as a human being with that race will now start to define your opinions, right? If you have a lot of positive interactions. I I was just going to say, I think it's it's 100% reliant upon what that initial and or subsequent interaction and or things that have been that that indoctrination looks like, as Mm -hmm. well as uh, what your your surrounding Mm -hmm. environment and 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 inputs are. Right. And and so here, let me this is this is embarrassing, but I'm going to just say it is. When I moved to Omaha from Kearney, you know, we had like less than 1% of the population of our hometown outside of like the college. Yeah. Oh yeah. Outside of the college population was, was, I mean, we are the whitest group of human beings on the planet in that small little town, right? Outside of San Francisco. (laughs) So, you know, I didn't have any interactions with, you know, I had, well, I had minimal interactions with, and most of those interactions were, again, these were like black kids who grew up in our town and were very, very, very much like us. So Mm -hmm. every interaction I had was very, very positive. Mm -hmm. When I moved to Omaha, you know, the whole, like back in the day when we were young and didn't know any better and everybody would talk about North O, you know, it's like, Oh, don't go down to North O. It's so dangerous. Right. I remember thinking to myself when I moved to Omaha, like that, the idea of being in North Omaha to any degree was terrifying to me. Right. Because it's at some point in my life, someone told me, or at some point rather at that age, someone told me that's a dangerous place to be because that's where like the impoverished and African-American, you know, like subset or culture is, is located. So you don't want to be down there. It's not safe for you to be down there. Well, now being this age, having lived in other bigger cities, being in Atlanta, Georgia, which is, you know, we black people, I think it's like a 60 to 60% African-American, I believe in this city. And I have had nothing, well, not nothing, but, but I've had very largely nothing but positive opera or, or, or experiences with that. Yeah. You know, I've had some scary ones, but it's not, it's only, honestly, it's probably the way my brain paints the situation as opposed sure, to how dangerous sure. it actually was. Sure. Or scary it was. And granted, yes, there are, you know, there are neighborhoods in this town that you probably don't want to find yourself in. And you know, there are shit, shitty things happening in this city all the time. But it's so funny to me, like I, I, that I get, I get to see that growth and just my experiences, the more I'm involved and having and interacting with something that I, this idea of a race that I knew nothing about growing up. And now I'm my day-to-day interactions. Now it's just like, they're no different than me. You know, they, they, 
were raised differently. They probably have different values. You know, they have different fears than I do, but they are a human no different than me. Right. Right. So I think, and I, now I think back like, well, you get me to Omaha. I you could be two in the morning. I'd roll down fricking in rolling through North O with on a trike and think nothing of it. I don't care. See, and I never had that. I mean, I used to go to North North O all the time. I mean, Joneses. Did you ever go to Joneses with me? Or no, maybe it was so. Jonesies. I used to go there on Wednesday Is nights for rap place? battles, rap battles. It was this little, it was like a, it was like a mom and pop Denny's. Okay. I knew not to go to North. This was right in the heart of North O. I knew not to go to North O because it was dangerous. Not because it was black. Like it was because that's where all the fucking killings and robberies and everything happened. Right. Like it was just a, not a safe it was place. Probably more than more to do with anything. Like more probably economic problems than anything. Oh, right? Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. It just so happened that a lot of those people with those economic problems were black. Right. And so that, that, that was, they carried the stigma with it, but it was, I don't think it was because the area was predominantly black, that it was just a, 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 a dangerous place. Right. I never, I never once had that thought. Um, mm. Maybe that's my naivety because I grew up in Kearney because I didn't grow up around a lot of black people. Uh, I've mm-hmm. never, I've never had that feeling of like, I, I don't know, awkwardness or weirdness around them, you know, right. But, but, uh, my son the other day it, we were well this wasn't the other day this was probably a year ago to your point about the year the, you know the one-year-olds or the two-year-olds we were coming out of a target and we were getting into a car and this black guy next to us was getting it into his or getting out of he was either getting into his car and we were getting out or vice versa but anyway uh my son goes hey daddy that guy looks like you and i turned and i looked and i was like huh uh i mean no He's, he's black. I'm white. And I looked at him and I go, he does. And he goes, yeah, you can wear, you're both bald. And I'm like, we do look the exact same. Don't we kiddo? And he's like, yeah. And I buckled him. So we were getting in. I buckled him into his car seat and, and we took it off and I smiled the whole way. Cause it was like the whole way home. It was like, he just doesn't know. He just doesn't know. That's the way it should right. be. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think when you look at the grand scheme of things and you look at numbers and you, yeah, there are some, there are some, I think, small problems here, right? Mm-hmm. Going back to your, I still want to get back to that opinion thing. Cause I think it's, I think it's scary that you feel like you can't have an opinion on it because you're not well, black. Well, okay. Well, let's, let's just, before th- we, you can't, go ahead, sir. You, you can't, you'll never know what that's like. Right. And that's you why can, I can't have an opinion on what it's like to be pulled over as a black you can, man you can have or an woman. Opinion. Well, you can't have an opinion on what it's like to be pulled over. That's very, very specific. What you said is you couldn't have an opinion on this situation. No, I have an oh. opinion on the situation. Absolutely. Maybe I misunderstood you. Yeah. So it's, I can't have an opinion on what, what. Sure. Sure. Just like a yes. person, a, a black person has when they're being confronted by right. law enforcement right. of any you type. You can empathize and try to put yourself in their shoes and try to understand it, but, you, but you'll never, you'll I, never I'll know. Never just, know. just like I will never know what it's like to be a one-year-old again, because right. I'm past that. I can't, I can't get back to that point. Just like I right. will never know what it's like to be a cheetah or what it's like to right. be a woman giving birth. But there are there. If you took that approach to life, do you have any idea what it would be like wandering around the streets? Because nobody, none of us have ever experienced the other things the other people have experienced. Well, no, but the thing is, is 
arguably when you're saying that more African-Americans are killed by police officers than any other race. And mind you, not the African-American population in this country is only 13% of the entire population yep. of the United States. Yep. And, but they commit 75% of the crimes. True. Well, I don't actually know if that's true. I don't have any that stats. Is, that and is, I'm not that's, going to, that just uh, popped into my head when you said 13, it's 75% of crimes. Okay. So I don't, we don't have fact checkers. So I'm just going to, let's assume that's right. Jamie, so, that's right. So, but this then was going to shoot us down another, another path that what percentage of African-Americans are living at the poverty line or below? Cause, and so this is going to get us into a little bit of this whole idea of what it means when we talk about defund police. And you and I, I, th I think have pretty strong feelings on either side of this is mm -hmm. one. I, I, I think it's a piss poor, the, the entire brand and market behind, marketing behind all of it is just piss poorly done. It's not defunding the police, police, anybody. And I, I said this in our very first podcast, anybody that believes that we should truly defund as in take money and pull all money, all funding out of any law enforcement in city at the city and state level is an utter fucking moron. But that's, what they're, that's what they're suggesting. That's what they're doing. No, the, 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 I'm saying defund completely. And there's what's the other term they're using? It's defund, but it's the defund is taking money away from them. Abolish is getting rid of them. Yes. Okay. Abolish, which, which is, I meant like you're taking the entire budget and pulling it out. Yeah. Defund means we are going to essentially what it should be marketed as, or at least the, the, the strategy and presentation of it should be, we are going to reassess law enforcement's budgets and see if we can reallocate dollars to help in a different way. And the reason I think there's value in that is because clearly the way we're doing it now isn't working. And Why? we all know it's the same fucking thing. We've all heard 10,000 times in our life, but what is the fucking definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Why, why, tell me why isn't it working though? Because that's what, I, that's what keep, I'm having a hard time with. We keep black people killed at the hands of cops. White people get killed at the hands of cops just as but much, not if not at, more. But not at the same rate. Yes, because, no, more, more often. No, no, Jeff, that's, the statistics are off. Those like, are not off. Yes. We, I wish we had the statistics because we don't, which is really tough we, to argue. We do. But no, the thing is, is you have to look at it as a, as a portion, like a proportion of the population. If it was the same, it would be equal based on the population percentages. And it's not. That's it's but, clearly okay, so, weighted. So that's where I go back to the whole relativity thing that I brought up a little bit ago. When, when you look at 13% of the population, 75% mm -hmm. of crimes. Okay. You can look that up. That is a, that is a, that is a thing. Okay. When you look at the fact that more white people are being killed by cops, but they're only committing 25% of the crimes. That's the population you look at. 70, 75, the population of crime does that, does that make sense? So like while 13% of the population is black, about six or 7% of the population is black men ages 18 
to 45. Okay, repeat that again, I'm sorry. Repeat that one more time. About 6 or 7% of the population is black men ages 18 to 45. That is the population of people committing crimes. 13% of the population is black. 7% of those are old grandmas, young kids. Those guys aren't committing crimes. So it's actually about 6 or 7% that is actually committing 75% of the crimes in America. Okay? Mm-hmm. So when you think about them committing 75% of the crimes and still having less people killed, there are fewer black men killed than white men, but they're committing three times the amount of crimes. Does that make sense? Like, you don't look at it relative to the entire population because the entire population isn't committing crimes. You look at it relative to the percentage of population that is committing crimes. Well, sure. You have like, a higher percentage of being killed as a white man committing a crime than you do as a black man committing a crime. That is what that equates to. And that is the number you look at. You don't look at the number. The, 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 the overall, it's, it's if you are going to go out and commit a crime, White, black, brown, purple, yellow, green. You have a higher percentage of being killed if you're white. End of story. So, but like, so, okay. So, but like this, you know, if, if like statistics and again, we should probably have these like lined up so we can run through them. But like right here, it says study published by National Academy of Science based on police shooting databases found that between 2013 and 2018, black men were about two and a half times more likely than white men to be killed by police. And that black men have a one in 1,000 chance of dying at the hands of police. That's because there's less of them. Well, that's a statistic based on overall population. Yeah. Los Angeles on the drain, 24% of. In the Los Angeles Times, okay, Los Angeles Times found that during traffic stops, 20% of black drivers and passengers were searched compared with 16% of Latinos and 5% of whites. The same study also found that police were slightly more likely to find drugs, weapons, or other contraband among whites. Mm-hmm. That's similar to one of the ones where I saw that, that, that the, the, the physical altercation, right? Yeah. Which are so, separate arguments, to be fair. Yeah. So, so I guess here's my problem, though, is, is okay, so... Let's just say, take that one stat that there's two and a half times more likely to be killed by an officer. If we, if we assume that that stat's true. Why? Great question. No idea. What's really interesting. This is, this is, this is controversial, but Mm -hmm. it's very interesting. There was a study done by a few Harvard graduate students in 2008 and they studied dark pigmented species, dark pigmented um, groups amongst 37 different, or maybe it was 137. Anyway, species ranging from birds to lizards to gorillas to humans. Okay. Dark pigmented species, not black, but dark Indians, all exuded across all species exuded higher tendencies toward two things. One aggression. Okay. And two sexual proclivity. Okay. 
in those same studies, they interviewed a ton of black men, white men, Hispanics, all that to figure out how well those matched up. And the data supported everything that they found out amongst all these 37 species. They basically concluded after the end of this paper that darker pigmented individuals have a tendency, not all of them, right? Like blanket statements are, are BS by and large, a higher tendency toward aggression and sexual proclivity. Mm-hmm. Now, the rest of the study then went on to talk about how clearly this was one study. This probably needed to be performed multiple times, uh, performed by multiple sets of scientists, etc. But I found that to be rather fascinating because that is, you know, amongst 37 different species, that's a fairly interesting correlation in my opinion. So that's all to say that's one, that's one element of potential reasons as to, to why, um, what else is there? You know, I, I don't, I don't think it's because police officers are running into quite frankly, if you think about it, okay, going again, going back to the 75%, um, that means there are more police officers policing that 75%, right? Higher density areas, urban areas, mm-hmm. which are higher density black areas typically sure. mm-hmm. are policed more, right? And they're still being killed less. There if you look at the number of interactions compared to deaths, there are less. Well, I mean, sure. I don't know if I'm following your math here, but yeah. What, what aren't you following? So you're so just to correct me if I'm wrong here, but you're saying the interactions are less than or more than a police officer's interaction with a white person. I'm saying there are more interactions between police officers with black people due to the fact that they are policing the inner cities where 75% of violent crimes happen in America. Right. They're having more interactions with black people than they are white people. Right. Okay. And they are killing less in a year. Well, okay. So let me, let me, let me make this statement and then let's see where it goes from here. So, okay. I, I truly believe this. I don't think this is, yes, This is a policing issue to a degree, but I feel like that is not the ignition to all of this. That's not like the starter log. Like we have to look at racial inequality all as far back as, as what makes sense for us as a country. And I would argue that this goes all the way back to, you know, 1882 or 86, I think is 86 when the Emancipation Proclamation was put into law. 1986? 86, 1886. Was it 1886? 1882, 84, 85, one of those years. I thought it was after the Civil War, 1865. Maybe it's 1865 then. 1862. Okay, there you go. I was 6, 8, whatever. So, okay. So that happened. So, so just think about the, the, okay. 
this is a fun little, like this will be intriguing, I think for, for people listening, because it's just a different way of talking about it. So we essentially a country, the United States of America essentially divided itself down the Mason Dixon and went to war. Okay. Right. Over essentially over the fact that the South wanted to essentially remain free from the North and maintain all of the rules, you know, slave ownership, et cetera. I'm sure there's more to it than that. But one of the big things that we fought for in the Civil War, right, is the freedom of slaves not being able to own freaking people as property, et cetera. So as we all know, the North won that war. Lincoln put into effect the Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Boom. It wasn't until it was almost dude. It was like 40 years later and we are still dealing with segregation. A lot of the, these states in the South have basically more or less said, fuck that. We're not doing it. I, yeah. And granted slave ownership is probably was on the decline at that point. But here's the, here's the thing that fucks me up. And this is where we like got to get into it because we're talking in 2020 and, and what's happening in, in, as you just said, the inner cities of America, where a lot of these challenges are, are arising. They're not, these challenges didn't just begin happening in the inner cities. They've always existed. This is just the culmination in years stacking up and stacking up and stacking up until we hit a freaking fever pitch and then fucking the top explodes off and we're sitting here trying to figure out what the fuck to do. We know and can go back decade by decade and look at some of the things that have happened that were put into place where we had to legally find a way around. We all know that the government is corrupt as shit on all sides. Sure. So to think that there is not people in the government with the puppet strings making laws, Jim Crow laws, first and foremost, being the one that we can just look at right now and look back and be like, look at what that did. Gerrymandering, you know, redlining, all of those things are all small little fucking thing that the like legislation put like this legislation that goes into fucking um, that, that gets implemented that impact the less fortunate. Unfortunately, because we have had our fucking boot on the fucking backs and necks of African-Americans for as far back, it's, it's, our, it's the history of, of this country. We still, I guarantee you, you know somebody that is at the very least mildly racist and truly believes that they, their opinion is truth. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. So to think that in 2020, we still have people feeling that way, like the, the idea that, you know, 40 years ago, again, I say this and this is still surprises me, but you know, my parents were both born in 1960 when my parents were five years old, segregation still existed in the South. Mm -hmm. My parents were alive for that. I, that to me is hard to understand. Like, sure. So to, and I mean, then, it's not that long ago. No. 
No. And, and so, and, but yet I feel today, there's a lot of people that look at that and be like, well, that was so long ago. What the fuck are we even still talking about it? No, your parents were alive when this shit happened. It was still happening. We still, you know, in 1965, that was a hundred years after the Emancipation Proclamation. And we still were segregating black and white kids in schools. Mm-hmm. So to think that today there are still people alive that were born and raised in that environment, that was acceptable back then. And so right. to think that some of that hasn't, some of that like mindset hasn't maybe been bred out through the generations is not a hard thing to understand. And so you have now imagine me as a cop being raised by a parent who was born or brought up in a segregated South has this idea that maybe African-Americans are less than or the problem or sure, the sure. thing that is it weird to think that maybe like like me as a cop and then having raised with parents like that that have these beliefs because it was normal back then they haven't that that hasn't really clicked for them that's fucked that they might have a bit of a bias when arresting a black person it's not hard to see it and, is and, absolutely not hard to see and so I, I say all of this. Again, this is back to what I said earlier in this conversation with what Chris Weber said. This isn't changing tomorrow, but correct. We, the conversations that are being forced to have me and you probably wouldn't be having this conversation had it not been for what's going on right now. Correct. I can't that, imagine you and I brought it being brought this up. Right. And I think that is there in lots therein lies the absurdity of it all. I think I think everything okay, you that. just that means, but I think it. everything you just said is absolutely accurate. Okay. There is no way you can expect with the fact that it was only 55 years ago. There's no way you can expect racism to be completely bred out of out of society. Nope. There's also no way you can realistically, reasonably, rationally expect racism to ever be bred out of society. Racism is innate. Racism is not a learned behavior. Racism is something that is there in almost all of us. It's just some of us know how it's no different than they have. Can I interject real quick to what you just said? Just because I want to make sure that that maybe there's another side of that. I I, I do believe racism is learned because Okay. Okay, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I I think you're right. Let me let me rewind. Let me backpedal a little bit. Racism to the point that it becomes a problem is a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. Self sorting, which is to a certain extent in 2020 looked at as racism, is not a learned behavior. That is innate. You you generally tend to gravitate toward people 
like you, whether it's because of skin color, whether it's because they have brown hair, whether it's because they're on the same IQ level, whatever the case may be. That has been together, whatever it may be. Right. Species Mm -hmm. across uh, dogs. I mean, dogs pick on other dogs. Cats bully other cats. Right. There is a a mechanism of self-sorting that is to an uh, to to a certain element evolutionary. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes, racism to single out. It, it, okay, well, in the old definition of racism, pre twenty nineteen, whenever they changed it, right? Because they just updated the definition of racism to include antagonistic language. Okay, okay. racism historically has been defined as singling out a group and treating them differently, usually poorly. Actually, almost always poorly. Uh, based on a particular skin color, right, or, or mm-hmm. racial racial quality, like that—that's racism. You 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 persecute, you you diminish, you you don't treat them the same. Mm-hmm. Now, antagonistic language is a part of that. So, if I, uh, when Trump says he wants to build a wall from stopping Mexicans to come in, that's racist. Which. No, that's not racist. That's just a comment. Mm-hmm. I don't want Mexicans to come in here the same right. way. I don't want other people to come into my house at nighttime. That doesn't mean I hate other people. That just means I don't want people to come into my house at nighttime. It's right. a pretty simple concept. Okay. Mm-hmm. So going back to the old definition of racism. Yes. Sing- singling out groups of people and hating them. That is a learned behavior. Okay. So I will agree with that. Where was I ultimately going with that? (laughs) Damn it. I wish I don't have the roadmap, but I know you'll Uh, find your path. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What were we talking about? Jamie, rewind that. (laughs) What the fuck? Where were you going? Oh, oh, oh. So everything you said was accurate, right? Oh, yeah. We were talking about the historical, like, yes, yes. the historical situation. So you're, you're never going to read that out. That's just, people are assholes. People mm-hmm. are going to, learned or not, Hillbilly Joe, uh, super affluent, who's never been around a black person, Carl, mm-hmm. is potentially going to figure out how to dislike people that don't look like them. That's part right. of that self-sorting piece, right? And so you will never ever get around that. And so again, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about when we were talking about Floyd in the first podcast. Like I really truly believe that in 2020 we have as a society as a whole gotten to a point where we are not a racist people. I, 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 you, America's a melting pot across the board. You go back to Carney today and look at it in comparison to what it was when we were growing up. There are black people all over. There are Indian people all over. It is. There are very few pockets left in the in the United States of America that are segregated to very small pockets of one particular race or 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 section of people. Right. So the reason I say that that is absurd and that you are, we are sitting here having this conversation is because you go back to the number. I, I just opened up a scientific calculator and divided 1500 into 350 million. And it won't even give me an answer. That's how small <laughs> the number is. 
And that's 1,500 people killed, not 1,500 right. black people. Okay. Right. Like that is, it, it is so small when you look at the overall scheme, the overall I, I, this, this is a stat I have absolutely right here of 2000 of black people murdered in 2018. Mm -hmm. This is black people murdered. This isn't people murdered by police. This is 0.08%, not even 1% were murdered by police. Okay. Fair. And that's fair. But the, I think the argument would be, and again, I don't know how many white people were murdered by police. The argument is, why are people being murdered by police first? Because it's, it's just, that's just the way it is. You'll, and that, that's the absurdity. You're never getting, you're never, people make mistakes. You are never going to get, unless we have minority report where we are blocking people from doing the crime prior to them doing it. Right. We, it is absolutely unrealistic to believe that we are ever going to get to a point where people are not being killed by the police, white, okay. black, purple, yellow, red, black, red, sure. brown. But I do believe again, going back to some of these stats, two and a half times more likely than any other race to be freaking arrested or brutalized by police, you know? And then you have, I have, this is all from the Brookings Institute, but you know, it's just a, a list of things and it's just, you know, one in two black adults with a college degree or more have had a family member in jail or prison. One in three black men born in 2001 will spend time in prison in their lifetime. One in 11 black adults are currently under correctional uh, control. One in 230 black youth are detained in juvenile facilities. One in 1,000 black men and boys will die at the hands of police. Granted, I don't have the other side of that. So again, I'm, I'm realize I will sit here and state that this is just the stats I have. But the fact that matters, I, I think all of this now, again, stems from a socioeconomic problem. Yes. Jeff, you and I and you and I were raised. We are very, very fucking lucky. I know you we both understand that. And so it's not like I'm having to remind you of this, but we are both very lucky. We had phenomenal parents who fucking busted their balls for us. And the entire time growing up. We were, it wasn't an, Hey, here's a suggestion that you should go to school, take it seriously. You're going to go to college, get a degree, and then you're going to be, you know, whatever version of successful that you will be in your lifetime. It was expected of us. Mm -hmm. We were given opportunities. We got to play sports. We had good, you know, family models around us for the most part. We had, you know, extended family that loved and cared about us, you know, gave a shit about us, whatever. There it is. And the thing is, is if, you are raised in a situation where that's not something that you have. And you are raised. If imagine you and I put in a situation where we had parents who were in and out of jail or in and out of on, you know, minor drug charges, because that's the only way they could make money to make sure that we were fed. You know, again, I'm not trying to make excuses, but unfortunately this is the state of the freaking like situation we're in. Sure. These, this, there is a massive, massive socioeconomic gap here that we need to take into account when we're talking about all of this. And that's when, and again, we don't need to, I'm not going to dig into it unless you want to, but to bring back around what I was saying earlier is when I talk, when they talk about defunding the police, 
I don't think it's a stupid idea to reallocate funds in maybe a different way where we can go into some of these larger urban centers, institute and or freaking fund some social programs that maybe there is a way to get in front of it before it turns into what it's become. There is a way to help them get out of a situation because as you and I know, it's not when you are provided the tools and guidance that you need to excel, it's not that hard to excel. Correct. But when you don't have that, you again assimilate to what you what you know you freaking look at hey this is what this person does this is what this person does this is my hood this is where i grew up and this is how people make money in it because that's all you were ever taught you don't know there's another route and if you do more than likely you have not developed the skill set to go that route and that's my problem why don't we see if we can Dude, you know what? Here, I have this freaking stat that I got. I saw it on Instagram forever ago, and it's the budget for the Atlanta Police Department and the whole city of Atlanta. It's insane. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But it's the amount of money that we spend in just this city alone on police is insane. Here we go. So there's probably a reason for it. Well, right. But the thing is, is like apparently Atlanta has these like freaking weird, like military tanks that have never once been used. Why okay. do they need military tanks? If you're not, especially if you're not going to use them. It's so here we go. This, the breakdown of the city of Atlanta's. So the city of Atlanta in 2018 has a $678 million proposed general fund budget. Dude, out of 678 million, 217.6 million went to police. Mm-hmm. The next closest thing to that is 40.7 million to parks and recreation. Okay. Okay. So that's a delta of $180 million. Okay. So you can't tell me what well, one, I don't know what the hell you spend that money on. Cause you don't pay cop shit. I know that cause I had a family member who was an a, it was APD and he left because the money that he was getting paid was fuck all. Right. So you ain't paying people to be good cops. Well, there's a lot of cops. Yeah, but you ain't paying them. So why don't, okay, how do you, reduce how do you the know cop? you're not paying them? Because my cousin was fucking one and he didn't get paid dick. Well, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. They're being paid. Okay. It's just that I would, I would argue. So so this is what's funny. I would argue we should allocate more money to them because the the more money, what, because then I think we get smarter, brighter, better people coming to want to be cops because they're not getting paid peanuts. Like we have to reduce the force. Then people will need to lose jobs. If you, you can't cut it. You're not not a good cop. Get the fuck out. Not if we give more money to them. Money doesn't equate. Dude, I could pay you $10,000 or I mean a $10 million a year. Can you output what Elon Musk does? No, you just don't have. Which the is skill. why you don't hire me. <laughs> the thing is, is that look at the people who they hire as cops. This is going to not sound great. That's my point. The people because that's hire, all they can hire because that's all they're paying them. As right. soon as you up, if you were to double cops salaries, the number of applicants you get would be. Or, or, or the caliber of a- applicants okay, you fine. get. It's like that across the board. Okay, fine. But the in thing any, is, here's job. the problem with that, though. This is the issue with that. 
is what that means is now taxing us. Are you willing to pay? Are you willing to pay, take a three, four percent tax increase to pay for more cops? Well, cops? hey, 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 because that's where the money comes from, homie. It's so, not- so hold on, hold on. <laughs> this is awesome. So <laughs> you're going to sit here and tell me that from the defunding the defunding the police is a legitimate way to stop black people from being killed by the police. No, I didn't say that. I said, I don't know. I don't because I don't, I mean, how am I to be the person that says that? What I'm saying is, is there value in potentially reallocating some of those funds to different approaches? Yes. I agree with that. Well, and that would be allocating some of those funds to paying more to police officers. Well, no, because I'm saying you have to, (laughs) no, that would require additional funding. Yes, I, I'm making and a I'm joke. Trying, and I'm, I'm trying to say, joke. no, take some of the funds away from them. Like, for example. I would pay more out of my taxes if it meant that other pe- that the police officers were going to get a pay increase. Because I think that that would increase the caliber of person that was brought on to a police, uh, police force. It would have to be more than just a pay increase, though, in my opinion. I don't think that's going to be enough to cut it. Because well, I, I, the, that's one step. I think P, they've, they, yeah, right. there's tons okay, they've got to do. Right. Because, yeah, yeah, because I'm sorry, just getting a pay increase doesn't be like, oh, no, oh, I've got I, an extra that, $15,000 a year. Now my training has really mentally kicked in. Well, I won't that's, shoot that's someone for no the, fucking reason. That's, that's a step to getting higher caliber people. Now we've more got training. higher caliber people. And so we can train them more because we've got more funding, right? Get, like, yeah, get, you got, and you got to weed out the bullshit. All these fucking cops that have fucking totally. a, a record of fucking violence against fucking people. They've, re- you're done. Get the fuck out. You can go fucking pick up trash. Like the, totally. like just like the fucking, you know, like the piece of trash you are. So all of that said, but here's the problem. Like, for example, Britain. Most of the police in Britain don't carry weapons. Mm-hmm. They don't have these problems. Why? Some of my point is, why don't we take some of that money? And I don't know how this would work. From a, from a strategy perspective, I think there's something here. From an executional perspective, it would be a challenge. But how do we get mental health professionals involved in all of this? And maybe it's, all cops, if we're going to start paying them more, we reduce the police force, but now spend a bunch more on training, train them. You've listened to the Jocko Willink podcast with Joe Rogan, where he talks about like, you know, cops should be training like two fifths of the time they're working. So like they work three days, but they're training the other two or whatever it is. Right. Or I think maybe it was one day a week and they train, they work the other four mm-hmm. constant training. We train them like our military to be the best of the best. We do all of that. And at the same time, maybe they have to pass some kind of like, you know, like, I don't know, it wouldn't be therapists or therapy type stuff, but like mental health classes or education where they are taught how to walk into some of these situations where it's, you know, marital disputes or family issues or what have you, where there is no need for violence and you, that you just need to be the mediator in that situation. Mm hmm. And quite frankly, Jeff, if, you, if if I was to be called in to go mediate a situation tomorrow, 
I have the same amount of training as any cop does. And I don't have any training at all. So mm -hmm. to think that I could walk into a situation like that, remain calm and know how to deescalate. Fuck, that's laughable. I wouldn't know what to do. I'd probably take a side immediately and call somebody a fucking asshole and then <laughs> everything's fucked. So those are the things when I talk about defunding and again, whether or not executionally that makes sense, I don't know. That's not my job. But <laughs> my, my point is, I think there is value in forcing this conversation to say, is it rather than defund, that's not what most intelligent people that are supporting that idea. I don't, everybody I've talked to that supports the defund movement, that idea is never about, we just completely deconstruct the police forces in these cities and expect everything's going to be fine. No, because every normal freaking logical thinking human being knows how dangerous that would be. Mm -hmm. It would be fucking chaos and anarchy. Yeah. Um, but I think they're like retooling some of the funding to help get the, the right knowledge in the right people's heads and paying them appropriately could make all the difference in the world. And I think there is value in us at least exploring that as an option, as opposed to sitting on our hands and saying, what do you mean? Everything's fine. Let's just continue down this path. That's stupid. Okay. Pause. I'm going to get a beer. I want to pick up where we left off with regard to defunding the police. Okay. Cause I have, I have some questions. I have okay. questions. I don't, several. I probably don't have any answers, but several, I'll throw you out what I think. Several questions. What do you got? Oh, Oreo, huh? Mm-hmm. Little Oreo action. Mm. And my new heroin. Um, all right. So bam. What? Let me finish chewing so you don't hear that shit. Oh, okay. 
Mm. My God, that's a good idea. Not a fan of the Oreo. Really? A little double and, stuff? And no, I'm mm. not talking about a baby that's got a black parent and a white parent. A mulatto? We're going to cut all this out. <laughs> I mean, what kind of beer is that? All day. You don't have a camera? <laughs> no, Founders. Founders. My buddy all day, Adam all loves day. that stuff. Who does? My buddy Adam. God, it's one of the best, dude. Um, okay. So pick it up with the defund the police. So, okay. We, we kind of touched Hold upon on. some of the pause for a couple of seconds and then start what you're going to say. So we can cut everything out before your pause and then right into what you're doing here. Okay. Like that. Okay. So, um, yeah, back for defunding, defunding the police. So you would, you and other people, including myself, um, have, have pointed toward poverty, urban areas, all of that, right. Mm -hmm. As being kind of the, how are you going to get ahead when you don't know the way to get ahead? Right. You, you touched upon the fact that you and I had families and, and, and whatnot, loving families that kind of coached us and that taught us the value of hard work and this, that, and the other, right? Yes. I want to go back to that because we're talking about defunding the police and we're talking about the number of black people that are killed by police officers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I still think it's, I, I don't want to say hilarious because that's just very, uh, inconsiderate, I guess, for lack of a better way to t- put it. But we continue to look at police officers killing black people, which I think, God, don't, I don't even remember how, how, how many unarmed black people were killed last, last year, like 30. I mean, it was, no, it was no. so, it was so low, uh, more than, more than needed to happen. Absolutely. Right. Um, the number of black people killed by other black people is, is, is unbelievable. It's equal to the amount of white people killing white people. Correct. Correct. Right. Which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm just saying, we, why, why don't we look at any of those things? Like why, I, I why are we the, do? I think you would be, I, I think, I think we to. do statistically, but the people out rioting and protesting are not protesting those things. In fact, they are killing other people just like themselves. The number of black people that have died during the protests is more than the number of black people that have died at the hands of cops. In I don't know if that's true. That is absolutely true. I don't, I'd have to see that stat. I don't, I don't actually, I'm saying I, I'm only saying that cause I don't know. I can't, but the thing is, is you're, you're saying it's not, I, I know, I know what you're saying. What I am saying is that is absolutely true. <laughs> that well, is again, true I would statement. have to see the stat. Like, this is what I keep saying. Everybody. It's like, I need to see it and show me the data behind it. But, but cause I, the thing is, is yes, I know people have been injured and hurt, but like it's different though. If, if you and I went to, um, what's the most, what's the most, uh, hardcore, like fucking like, like slam metal band you can think of where like their mosh pit would be dangerous. <laughs> Guar. I don't even know who that is, but sure. Let's say you and I go to a Guar concert and we dig, we get freaking pit tickets and we fucking know we're going in there to just crush inside the freaking 
inside the mosh pit, right? And we get hurt. Something bad happens to us. Well, no shit. Look at the situation you were in. But if imagine now going to Gar and then getting killed by a security guard for no fucking apparent reason. That's the difference in what we're talking about. You get killed at a protest that break turns into a riot. There is your risk of being injured and or something bad happening in that situation is substantially greater than being just pulled over by a police officer in a normal day. Okay. Um, Even though I don't know how many people have died from these things. I'm sure I, well, fuck two people died recently from some fucking 17 year old dipshit. Right. Who fucking killed them. White right. guy, by the way, I, f- I forget that I saw a number at one point in time that was seven, 17. And that was, that was in the month of, I think June alone. So I know people are dying. I know that like some of the rioting people leads to like people, I like hell in Atlanta, people have been killed because of, again, this is now we're not going to go down the conspiracy theory route today, but because I've read an article recently that said anything negative, any crime that happens within like a fricking, you know, driver and fricking three wood from any t- like area of protest. It's like, oh, that happened because of the protest. It's like, no, nah, actually happened two and a half miles away, but whatever. 17 people. Let's see. God, I was spot on. 17 people have died from. What is that noise? God, I hate websites <laughs> from May 25th to June 8th. 17 people died, but not from that's, protests. Just that's just how many people have died in the protests during the protests, whether it was in Chaz or being gunned down in Minneapolis. 17 and that's people white and black. Yes. Okay. During protests. I okay, think fine. it was. A, I think if I remember right, 11 were black. Six were white. Okay. Um, that included police officers that included just protesters right. that included, yeah, seven, 17 people in 13 days. Right. That number is only gone up since then. Right. Right. Um, well, but I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole because what I wanted to get back to was you brought up the thing of the family, right? Are you, have you ever looked at those statistics? Because no, again, I, dude, they're not good. The family ones. Right. But again, I don't, I know it's not, you know where I'm going to go. I don't think you can argue. You can make an argument. You can make an argument that there needs to be some sort of police reform. I think that that is a valid argument. I don't think defunding the police in any way, shape or form or taking any amount of money away from them is a worthy argument or a worthy solution. I think that you can, propose again reform let's let's give them better training let's get let's up testing that's more than that though can we look at families and fatherlessness but the thing is this is to me that's a fucking it's a it's a fucking fool's errand to 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 make that argument because again you have to understand there is a societal thing that you and i don't get like we Fine. did not get, we did not get raised in those neighborhoods to you and I, you know, being born, raised, you know, having a couple girlfriends in high school, find, you know, maybe meeting a couple girls in college, you find one, you settle down, you get married, you have kids, you live a fucking happy life. 
That's what we were. That's what because oh, that's what oh, we were taught to believe. That's like I'm what not, the whole idea of a nuclear family. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not putting this on the kids. I'm not. I'm not saying that these guys all need to be better people because they because I I don't know what that's like. What I can say is you and I were to a certain extent halfway fatherless and we almost went down that path. Right. Uh, I mean, no, not really. Cause I never once ah, thought like I I'm going to go impregnate a bunch of people for whatever reason. Like well, you well, have you, to you, understand you, you, when did you get your first DUI <sighs> with you? I was 17. Exactly. But, but the, that's a DUI. That's nothing. Every, uh, that's it's, a rite of passage. Hey, you get, you get a second or third. Most people don't have DUIs. That's not a rite of passage. It's a rite of passage. <laughs> dude. Trust me. It is. Uh, you, 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 you theoretically, you could have possibly had, two DUIs pre 21, at which point in time you're going to jail for a long time. Sure. You get put in jail for two years, prison, something like that. That could very easily spiral out of control. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. But you've got a mom there that took a great deal of care of you after you got that and, and helped you through the situation. Right. Just like I did. I didn't graduate college until I was 26 because I went down this path of, I have no idea where I'm going. I, it's very easy for me to sit here and say, I, I could have absolutely ended up in a very similar situation as a lot of these people. And I was halfway fatherless. What would it have been like if I was fully fatherless? True. But the thing that's, is, is, that's, that's my all speculative. Point. I don't, it is speculative, but if you look at the data, the data mirrors that the data but, suggests that the data supports that. But the thing is, is Okay. 63%. This is, these are statistics of fatherless children uh -huh. as of 2016, 63% of youth suicides are of kids without fathers. 90% okay. of all homeless and runaway youths, 85% of all children that exhibit behavioral disorders, 71% of all high school dropouts, 70% of juveniles in state operated institutions, 75% of adolescent patients in substance abuse centers, 75% mm -hmm. of rapists motivated by displaced anger. Those, those statistics are all kids without dads. Okay. So if the dad bucks up and stays the fuck home, Dude, you can't do that because why? why, but Jeff, you can't do that. Why? Because listen, the same reason that we grew up damn near half fatherless, you can't expect you, we have to, okay. You and I both are huge, massive fans of rap. Okay. We, and the thing is because we're so such fans of that genre of music, we know the lyrics we sit there and unlike most people, we can sit there and rap along with it. We know what they're saying. Like they are promoting this lifestyle. This is what kids in that, <laughs> this is what right. these kids listen to. And then the thing is, is on top of that, it's, it's not just in the last 10 years has changed. This has been decades over decades, over decades, over decades of this changing where this lifestyle of getting a woman pregnant, not being held responsible, you know, being taken to court to pay child support. 
mind you, by the way, it happens in plenty of fucking trailer park white people all around this country, mind you. Mm-hmm. It's no different. We just like to focus on black people at this point in time. I would argue there's probably more white trash people than any amount of fucking, you know, impoverished black people on this in this country than than. But anyway, I digress. But the fact I okay, let let me just ask a different question. I I feel like it's going to put you in a bind here. Are you suggesting that what we chain these men to these women that they've impregnated and said, figure it out? Over the past 30 years, over the past 30 years, the rise in violent crime paralyzes parallels the rise in families abandoned by fathers. But I'm I'm so sick of fucking hearing this because hold here's on, the thing. Hold on, hold on. So so no. I'm the fact that you sit here and say we cannot like Okay. Yes. They're, they're, they're rapping about this. That's what they're listening to. Like that's problem number one. Don't, don't listen to it. Or if you're a rapper, have some responsibility. Go tell a young black kid in the hood to not listen to rap. Listen, I'm not saying that I am going to go in and do any of these things. What I am (laughs) stating and what I am saying is if you really want to get down to the root of a lot of these issues, it starts like it or not with the fact that a lot of these kids are growing up without dads. Sure. But the thing is, is hundred percent. I, I don't disagree with you. I, I, I truly believe that there is, there is something there, but the fact of the matter is no one has a solution. Everyone keeps saying, well, they don't Except, have a dad. Well, fucking okay. What, what do you suggest we do? And I'm not, this sounds like I think we take the dad out that abandons his kid and you hang him up in the street and that's a start. But so good. Then they still get a raise. raise It's the same fucking situation they're in. It doesn't change anything. Doesn't fix uh, it. Sacrifice one to save the herd. I bet (laughs) fewer people do that from that point forward. Dude, this, it is a, it is a cultural problem. It is not something that you and I can fix. It's going to it's take not a time. cultural problem. It's education. It's knowledge. That's the only okay, thing. Okay, education is number two. That's that's the second thing behind family that would fix that that would start to fix this stuff. But the problem is, no one wants to pay to go fucking make these schools and these fucking rundown neighborhoods better. Dude, People have, that, Obama did that for for eight years. He dumped so much money into the school system. Do you think system? eight years is going to fix a fucking eighty years of problematic problems that we've introduced? There are 13 years. There are 13 high schools in the Baltimore school district, 13 high schools. They are the fourth highest. Hold on. Hold on. Fourth highest, uh, subsidized and paid school system in America in terms of the amount of money they are given to clean up their school system. Do you know, this is not, this is not a BS statistic. Do you know how many people in that high school are proficient at the level of math that they are supposed to be proficient at based on their grade level? So like, for example, a 10th grader would be proficient at 10th grade math. No, take, take a guess. I have no, I have, I don't even know what that, like what, what the average is. So I don't know. Zero. There's not a single solitary student. Doesn't surprise me. The thing is, is I, I, Jeff, I respect all of this, these stats that you have. 
but and I, this is not a blame thing that I'm doing to you either. I, I'm, but I'm saying is you're blaming me. No, I'm not. I'm blaming. This it's is your fault. fault. <laughs> the reason the Baltimore school system sucks is because you're an asshole. It's my fault. <laughs> but, I knew it. But what bothers me about this is rather than looking that, looking at that stat and thinking, well, more than likely, and making some fucking like untethered assumption. Is what was the untethered assumption I made? No, I'm, I'm saying most people would look at that and be oh, like, okay. well, it's probably because okay. they don't have fathers and, you know, they're just poor black kids that don't, fu- you know, they're, they're fucking stupid or something. I don't, I don't know what people think. What I, I, I hear that and, and it's fucking sad. Like it's 100% sad. And, and that's the problem is it, rather than, I feel like today in this society, we have people who feel like it's sad and then other people who get angry and, well, I think those, are, those are two game. of the same. Those are two of the same emotions. I mean, because I'm sitting here thinking, well, what can we do to fix it? Because we, this is supposed to be, by the way, the most laughable fucking thing as an adult in this country is that we're the greatest country in the planet. No, it's fucking laughable that we live in this country and call it the greatest. It's fucking stupid. What, which country is better? I'd move to Canada tomorrow and never look back. Honestly, why haven't you? Because it's so fucking hard and they don't like Americans <laughs> right now. <laughs> we pretty That's much burnt that bridge. You could go up there in a heartbeat. I could, but dude, have you heard they're starting fucking Americans cars on fire and shit? They like, get the fuck out of here. You they won't COVID know. ridden pieces of shit. Get out. They won't know. Dude, when I roll in with a Georgia license plate, they'll know. Change, move up there without a car. <laughs> I could. Honestly, I would. Those are but the such thing easy is, problems getting citizenship solve. up there is so damn difficult. You could still go up and live. I know, but I want to be a citizen. So the thing is, is we're not the greatest country. That, that is we fucking laughable. We absolutely laughable. are the greatest country. No, we're not. We Co- really are. Country. We really 100%. are. 100%. No, dude, we... Far and away. Why does everybody this is the brainwashed version kill of themselves America. to get to America? Because just like the same reason that everybody else like watches fucking news and believes everything they see, all of these other countries that have limited exposure to us, I, I, I want to make sure I'm clarifying. I don't think nobody I has absolutely limited exposure think to us. Part, <laughs> Nobody has limited. We, we, we have more exposure than any other country on planet earth. Look at the, look at these, look at these people coming from like Guatemala and all of those. I'm not talking about Guatemala. I'm talking about French, English, Irish people, Americans. They don't like it, but I know how many of them treated like such a piece of shit. They said in the South of France, I was like, do you, what did I do? I know a ton of Frenchmen that are here. No, yes, there are some here. They're and, all and, trying and to get here. Culturally, culturally, we have a really cool place to be. We get, you know, like our, not our fashion necessarily because we usually steal it from everybody else. Our music, you know, food, et cetera. All of that stuff's great. All of it's better than anywhere but else. But the thing is, is dude, we are not the greatest. We have so many fucking problems. We are a that fucking- That doesn't mean we're not the greatest. We are a festering sore that is waiting to pop. Michael Jordan had problems. He's still the greatest basketball player ever. Right. Thing is, is we, we, we're just digressing down this hole 
that is not getting any better. We have we were we have problems. We're no, the best country dude, out there. are more than problems at this point. Don't you think they're more False. than problems? Look what? at our Na- political, name one. Name look one. at our political fucking environment right now. It's that's a, a problem. Fucking disaster. Still does not negate the fact that we have been the largest, most powerful, most. Right. We, we we have we have brought more people out of poverty than any other civilization on in the history of ever. And I feel I, like, and it's it's not even close. You're right. I think our history. We have problems. Our our history has a blue ribbon on it. Unfortunately, in the last twenty years, we've got a participation ribbon, the black ribbon, at best. We're not helping people. People are fucking. We got what countries abandoning ship. We have what fucking. Do you mean dude, we're not helping dude, people. No, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> no. Look at it. Now we're in essentially a fucking like what will inevitably, hopefully not in our lifetime, but the way things are going, I'm concerned. We will be at a war with China at some point. China soon. We have all of our counterparts. All of the people in the fucking. What is it? And what you did, put that on the U.S., not China. I just want to be clear about that. So if we go to war with China, that's our fault. Oh no, not I don't think no. But I, I think. But like, that's our problem. We are like, not. That makes I, us do a I bad think country. we're executing diplomatically? No, not a, not a chance in hell. Is there ways to make it better? Sure. Do I appreciate some of Trump's hardline approaches? Sure. But that's because that's who I am as a human. I love to think that, you know what, you threaten the fuck out of someone enough, they'll bend to every fucking whim that you have. I know that's not true because I've managed people, right? You know it too. You can't threaten everybody and hope to God that like they'll fall in line. <laughs> Just call me Stalin, Hitler, whatever. They all did it and it worked. But we have the allied forces, essentially. We have a lot of them questioning Everything we're doing, it's I I just I think this idea that we're fed like America's the greatest country in the world I think is fucking laughable. It's funny to me at this point because we're not. I look I sit around and look and I, you can I love that you and I can have this conversation. One, but what's I also your ba- laugh what's your that basis like what what, what are you, you basing because it's not because it what what are you measuring what are you measuring it off of I just just my general overview of the situation and position we're in currently. That's it. It's my opinion. I don't have a ton of, I can back it so up with my own August opinions. August 28th, and that's it. 2020. Yeah. We have the associate thing. So first of all, why do people think we're great? Well, we have a powerful military that kick anybody's ass. Yes. Check one. Great. Wonderful. Well, when our economy bottoms out, that military Which, will be great to protect us, I guess. Speculation, but, speculation. Well, sure, sure. But okay. we we have already like our we have already been eclipsed by China in GDP, and I think India is a goddamn close second at this point. I don't think so. I don't think that's that, true. India is going to take us over. They have more people. They're going to be able to output more than we can. So, so eventually, dude, our, we have been the most rich and powerful nation for. We are almost twice time. the GDP of China right now. Okay, really? Yeah. So when is it? Is it is like there's some pro- proposed switch that's there's going to happen? There's proposals saying that by the twenty by 2025. I've seen those yeah, statistics. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If they continue so, on, so we'll get we'll, we'll get put out. You know, like 
and again, I'm not saying I wouldn't want to move to China tomorrow. That's not what I'm saying. My point we're, is, we're, is we're 20 X India. Okay. But they're fucking again. And you got to think in India, we are an industrialized nation. China is now getting there and they're going to continue fucking powering ahead. India is still like where China was in 1980 and they're yep. on their way. But China, uh, the, 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 there's a very distinct thing that's happening with China. The reason they have gotten to where they have, oh, they is have due a fucking <laughs> intellectual property theft. Sure. Right. If we largely, this administration continues to put sanctions, continues to block things being stolen from TikTok, etc., on China, guess how fast they move. Communism, well, communism does not produce innovation. Do you know? But so, so dude, unless you, know, you steal it. Right. So, so do you know how many people come from China over here, go to our Ivy League schools and then go back to China and take everything? Sure, they learn? But they still have to go back and build it all there. Sure. Uh, and again, I'm not saying you know, I completely just I completely agree with you that like in, like intellectual property theft and all that. It's fucked. I mean. But again, this has been happening all over. I mean, look at what like the same thing happened with us in Russia in the 60s in the space race. You know, they were constantly trying to steal what the fuck. And where is Russia and, now? Yeah. And where is Russia now in comparison to us? Well, bottom true, but feeders, bottom feeders, well, I don't because know we're the greatest country. They're 11th in GDP. That's fine, dude. But look they at are that. behind like, Italy, Canada, France. France has higher GDP than Russia. Right. I mean, all Russia I'm saying is, is a I don't bottom feeder. You know, honestly, Jeff, Russia is the one country in my very, very limited knowledge that scares the shit out of me because they actually carry a nuclear arsenal that rivals ours to a degree. Uh-huh. And that scares me because I think Putin put in a bit situ- situation where he had no out. He's hitting the launch buttons and we're fucked. No, I'm not kidding, dude. I mean, you've seen the plays that he's <laughs> put in kidding, to place to like stay in power longer and like the fucking moves from prime minister to president and all this. I don't understand that all that fucking shit over there. Mm-hmm. And then he just recently fucking it's speculated that he poisoned his fucking rival mm-hmm. who he has put in jail and then actually allowed not to run against him in the most yeah. recent election. It's like oh, P- the Putin's dude is a, a he has no soul. And yeah. will fucking just destroy anybody who fucks with. So it's like if he if he's going to lose everything he has, he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm on my way out. Plink. I don't I don't think anybody's gonna do that. I don't know why you don't think that people, dude. It has happened centuries and centuries and centuries over time. People have destroyed shit as a way out. Like, why do you think it wouldn't change now? Do I hope it's not nuclear winter? What what do you what do you mean people have destroyed shit? Dynasties and shit going out and they fucking light the goddamn shit on fire on the way out. They're just like, you know, fuck it, we're done. Watch this. Why do you think that's not gonna be different now? I mean, granted, that's the whole point of uh world politics is we try to prevent those things from happening. We yeah. we we play this fucking weird game of balance and and appreciation and and, you know you scratch my back i'll scratch yours and we'll give you money for here and we're gonna create these alliances and all this shit so so do you at some point that that will break down you don't think that 
Okay. You think Putin pushes the button on his way out to launch multiple warheads. I just looked. We've got 1,750. They've got 1,500. So you were right. The next closest is the UK with 100. So uh, <laughs> over there. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the UK yeah, goes, kingdom. call us when you need some help. <laughs> Scary thing is China has a question mark next yeah, to it. So we, we don't, don't know, know where they stand. But where are we at with Kim Jong Un? What's he you, packing? You got dude, one or two? With, we're fine with Kim Jong Un. <laughs> Who cares about him? Fucking He's fat talking about a fuck. bottom feeder. He's got zero. Uh, Pakistan zero is Israel zero. Yeah. Um, you know who we actually give a lot of nuclear arsenal to is uh, South Korea. Really? Yeah, we actually sit like basically their entire I'm pretty sure their entire military is paid for by us. Well, they don't have any nukes because they are not on the list. So they don't have any. They must not. Japan. I mean, only- Japan. Do they have any? Japan negative. Really? That China. India. Me. At least according to the list of states with nuclear weapons. Really? You would think yeah. Japan would we you think because we have such a good relationship with them, even though they fucking fucked up Pearl Harbor, you would think that we would have a base over there with some fucking boomsticks, you know? According to this thing, which is visual capitalist, uh Russia has that website. at this point more than we do. Best yeah. estimates. Dude, there's a freaking have you ever seen anyway. an animated gif that shows from like nineteen forty whatever when the freaking um uh Manhattan project like like tested the first bomb nuclear bomb to like all of the nuclear tests that have happened up through the years. And dude, you look at Russia, holy shit. It, they're just lighting one off every day like a goddamn black cat firecracker. They're like, fuck it. Throw one out there. Let's see what happens. Really? It's insane. I'm going to see uh, if I can for, find it for you. For what it's worth, you and I are in very good spots should we ever, well, in compare, like in relation to where the nuclear warheads are in the United States. Really? <laughs> there's a ton in Georgia and there's a ton in southeastern Wyoming, northeastern Colorado, and southwestern Nebraska, like right in this like little pocket right next to Denver. Perfect. Perfect. Well, that's good. Uh, well, um, dude, when we were in living in Omaha, that's like like a fucking core location. No. Really? No, mm-hmm. dude. That's right outside of Omaha. It's called uh, what's that? Fucking, yeah. Are there some? No, that's Offit? the Air Force Base. But what's yeah? The, it doesn't say there's any in Offit. That's probably because they're trying to hide it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so you think you think he's going to be able to hit the button to launch the nukes prior Dude. to hold on prior to the prior to one of the thousands of CIA operatives we have over there putting a bullet to the back of his head? You think he pushes the button first? Dude, if we do can I ask a question? Yeah. This is, we are so Actually, far no, down I thought about it. this you can't. point. I'm going to go back to talking. Uh, no questions <laughs> from Mike for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> we are so far down a hole at this point, but do you actually think that we have someone over there that could just out, like, like just shut him down tomorrow? If, yes. if Trump was to call and be like, put a bullet in his head, it could happen. Uh, yes. 
I don't think so, man. I think so. That because because if you believe that, then wouldn't you also have to believe that he also has somebody here that says put a bullet in Trump's head? Absolutely. I don't think so, man. You ever watch the Americans? Because that's, that's a, a true TV story. Show, that's a I, true story. It's a true story. <laughs> it absolutely is. I don't know, man. What do you mean? I don't know, man. <laughs> I just I don't know. I, I think. I think we could get into the inner workings of the government. Do I think that we could out or off the fucking president? No, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe, but I don't know. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Dude, it's going to piss me off that I can't find this graphic. I'm almost positive. It's a true story, isn't it? <gasps> oh, this is it. Yeah, the Americans. True, true story. Who are the real life spies? The FX series was based on a true story. Absolutely, two Cold War spies that embedded themselves in American culture. Really, uh, for sure. There's. I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of President Trump's fucking senior cabinet members is some <laughs> ruski that's going to fucking put a bullet in the back of his. I mean. Yeah, that, that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. No shit. Sorry. I want to send you this graphic because it's really like, well dude, done. The, the deep state. All I mean, there's just there's so much. We look at look at Epstein and then tell me that you dude, don't think there is the next somebody podcast we're gonna embedded, come embedded in both government systems, just ready to wax poetic. <laughs> <laughs> just crush. It's just, it's just, Dude. it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Dude, this is not the one. It's, it's, when you see this graphic, dude, you will fucking shit yourself. <sighs> Why do they keep selling the same garbage? I fucking, I, I'm gonna, I hate Verizon. I'm going to blow them up. <sighs> Instagram's going to fucking pull that off. Oh, this might be it. Uh, nope. Fuck. All right. Let's put a fucking bow on this bitch. Yeah, we're getting we're getting away from it. Yeah. Police brutality. <laughs> Not a real thing. <laughs> Come on, dude. You cannot. <laughs> we're going to cut that out. I'm not going to cut that out. I don't think it's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's not a real thing. It is. It's not. Not to the, not to the extent that it requires a bunch of American cities to burn. No. Well, my argument is simple on that. that There are ways to keep it at the forefront of the conversation. You can't very, but the, but the more important thing is, is it does not need to be kept at the forefront of the conversation. Going back to, dude, do you have any idea the power words have? Like, no, I do. No, I don't. I know. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't believe it's a thing. That's, that's my opinion. It's an in, in expert one, but I don't believe it's a thing. How'd that feel in your head? Good in your head? Lord. No. So I think it's 
potentially unsafe for you to make that opinion because we don't want to negate the feelings of so many people. Why? Because one, if you were black, I'd say, okay, fine. You can make that statement, but you're not. And so. But that's my point. I can have an opinion. You you can't have an opinion. But the thing is, is your opinion means half of whatever you say, because you're not the one dealing with the problem. It's not on you. It's not your thing. When you are lighting the cities I live in and the cities I have lived in in fire. The. Tell me how a riot or a or one of these like protests has affected your life in in a way more than maybe a minor annoyance. It hasn't. So, so, but it's affected a lot of people I know. Sure, but 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 we've got to let them, let them march, let them protest, let them riot, let them speak. No, let them march, let them protest, let them speak, not let them riot. I don't agree with the riots. I've, I've explained that and I made it very clear. That I just don't get the value in it. But hey, you know what? If that's where it goes, I don't love it. I think there's a better way. No one's asking me, so I'll shut the fuck up. But there is a there is value in all of it. Historically, protests have been helpful. Historically, protests are good. Protests. And in certain cases, I mean, dude, look at what happened. We, you know, we were both alive. The freaking, you know, 92 riots or whatever. The L.A. riots in 92. Yeah, Rodney King. What came of that? That's you're I think you're standing on the wrong side of that question. What came of that? Unfortunately, not enough. Correct, because that's not the way you get things done. But okay, so what is the way to get things done? Because no one has an answer. I think there I think a number of people are ready to do things. I think a number of people have come but forth Jeff, and that said, is the same shit. These these people in the position that are out protesting rioting have heard for 100 fucking years. Oh, we're I ready disagree. to make a change. OK, well, let's see what that change. The thing we is, just, we, we can, just we just had a black president. I don't I don't even know I how you can sit you here and say, say that. I'm going to let you I'm going to let you take that back. Why? Because that doesn't mean anything. Why doesn't it mean anything? If you're going to sit here and argue that that the country is racist and that America is shit and that all of these police are out there killing black people because they don't like black people, how could you say that when you look at the advancements that black people have made? I feel like your point is is like also uh, the the point that you're making is also my argument against your point is – you are making a big to do about the fact that we've had a black president, which essentially also explains the fact that why is it so fucking amazing that we've had a black president? That's my argument. Like you're making the point that, oh, my God, we have elected a person of color. Well, why is that a fucking big deal? Why do we even talk about that? as like it's a big thing. It sh- if truly racism didn't exist, that shouldn't be a big thing to, to ever mention. I, I don't disagree. Okay. I don't disagree. I'm bringing it up to exemplify the fact that racism is not here. Fundamentally, that's it. It, it. There's no systemic racism. There are racist people. People say racist things. There are bad cops. By and large, the American population is not racist. Full stop. That's the point. 
People fuck up. People make mistakes. You're going to find bad people in every single solitary denomination, in every company, in every job title, in every job role. It sucks that we have in places where we put people to protect us. But people are people and cops are also people. And they are going to fuck up less than 100th percent of a time because it is unrealistic to hold them to any higher standard. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I struggle with it all because I want to believe at my core want to believe that America is not racist. But I I live in a city where I see that's not the truth. You see and people. You don't see a country that is not that, that is not racist. You see people. Right. You and see I, racist yeah, yeah, people. It's south. It's the south. It's 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 probably more systemic yeah, there, down there here are than racist anything else. People all over the place. You're right. But but the There's thing is to sit here and say that sure. America is not racist is in fact a lie because it is. I know for a fucking fact I can make a phone call right now and get someone on this on a phone, not on a podcast, that would absolutely tell me that black people are less than everybody else. That is one person. Right. The fact of the matter is there's one. A lot of people that are racists. Sure. America is not racist. But the thing is, is they are, dude. To a degree, do do I think they're as racist as they were 20 years ago? No, I think it's gotten better. And will it continue to get better? I do. I do believe it will. But to sit here and say we're not racist is not true. We are. That just certain pockets of the country, certain areas. And unfortunately, when you go south of the Mason-Dixon, you're going to see a lot more of it. But the thing is, is those 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 places still have the, they still have a, some power. They still have a voice. They still have elected officials. And unfortunately, those people still make laws for us. And there is still this weird seed of an idea that black people are a negative in our society to some degree. And I don't know why. I don't know why it still exists. And the thing, and I'm saying all of that on the last layer of this, and I'm just going to shut up after this, honestly, because it, because I don't have any answers and I'm just talking myself in circles, but I'm also one of those people. I grew up scared of a race that I don't understand. And I have done so much to better understand them. And now living in this situation, living in this city that I'm in, I get to see it day in and day out and realize nothing's different. It's they have their set of experiences and we have ours. And no matter what, at the end of the day, we're all human. And we we do with what we know, what we've been taught, what we've learned. And, and that's it. Hard stop. There's no more after that. I don't give a fuck what color you are. Correct. Unfortunately, I just wish 
it didn't seem like we were attacking someone else for just something as stupid as the color of their skin. I just wish that wasn't the case. I, I think the, the majority of people are not doing that. I think the vast uh, I 100% majority with you, I think the majority of people are good and believe that that's not true. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, this is this. We went deep and we went fucking really long. Did we? Oh, yeah, dude. We got to be at like fucking at least two hours, right? Two fifteen. Two hours, and 18 minutes. Fuck. All right. Are we stopping? Yep. Yeah.